So, thank you so much for coming. Today, as I mentioned earlier, it's the first Sunday of the Advent season. Okay, so what is Advent? Okay, now that's our lesson for uh, today. Now, we have this tradition that, you know, every, every, first, every first Sunday of Advent, we have this special service we call the Christmas service. So, that will be the second part of our event uh, today. That is why we have to delay by 30 minutes. All right, so for the reading of God's Word, if you have your Bibles with you, let us open it to Colossians chapter, Colossians chapter 1. If you have your sermon notes with you also, you can follow. All right, and let's all stand up as we are going to read God's Holy Word. And since this is just one verse, let's just read it together. Ready, go. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let us pray. Father in heaven, as we are about to listen to your word, we honor, Lord, that your word comes alive to us through our faith in Jesus Christ. Let your word go back to you accomplishing its purpose. And that is to bless us, to transform us, and to equip us, O oh God, for your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, please take your seats. So the title of our message today, Jesus Christ, Our Hope of Glory. Now, Advent, what is this Advent, right? Some, some Christian groups uh, celebrate Advent. Some Christians don't know what is Advent. You know, Christianity, it's, it's uh, you know, so many variations, so many styles. But for those of us who are not familiar with Advent, Advent is a tradition that most Christians in the world follows for so many years, for centuries. In fact, if we go back to the 3rd and 4th century, Advent was already celebrated. Now, what is Advent? Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus. It simply means the arrival, right? The arrival or the coming. Now, Advent was, was crafted by the early church fathers because the dates, the months, the days surrounding the birth of Christ was shrouded with so many pagan practices during the Roman time. So there were so many pagan festivities, unbiblical festivities. They worship their gods. They celebrate. So what happens is that it, it covers the glory of Christ of Christmas. All right? So what the church fathers did is that they came up with this tradition of 40 days before the birth of Christ, they came up with prayers and readings so that people will focus on Christ and not on the paganistic celebrities. And that's why we have the tradition called Advent. So these are four weeks before Christmas Day. And every Sunday, there is a particular theme. If you notice in, or what happened to the candle? <laughs> Right. If you notice in the candle, I want you to focus here. Okay, this is the Advent wreath, the Advent candles. 
course, the center candle that symbolizes Christ. We will be lighting that on December 25. The four candles here will be lit every Sunday. So we light one Sunday for now, and then every, every candle symbolizes a particular gift of Christ to the world. Now, today, as we light the first candle, it's called the candle of hope. So for the next whole week, you know, Christians all over the world focuses on hope, verses about hope. And that is also our lesson today, hope. Now, hope in the secular and the modern world simply means a wishful thinking, right? When you say, I hope it will not rain tomorrow, I hope my bonus will come this month. I hope my, my husband will arrive soon. Those words, the words, when you use that word hope there, it simply means what? I wish, but then there is no certainty. But hope in the Bible is different because in the Bible, hope is a strong and confident expectation of what God has promised. All right? This is not based on some uncertainties, but in the Bible, when God calls us to hope, it is based on sure and certain things to happen because God said so. And the strength of this hope is in the faithfulness of who God is. It is God who fulfills. So when we Christians read the Bible, and we hope for the things that God said will come true, we are not simply making a wishful thinking. All right? We are claiming something that is real and that is expected to happen because God is trustworthy to His Word. Amen? Now, the problem is, we Christians, we have that hope, but in the world, if you look at the world today, there is so much hopelessness in the world. According to Job 8.13 in the Living Bible, it says, Those who forget God have no hope. Those who forget God have no hope. The reason why there is so much hopelessness in the world today, because we have stuck so many things in our lives, we have added so many programs, events, so many activities in our lives, that God is no longer part of it. All right? There is no hope for those who forget God. Now, in the world today, there's such, so many strife going on. You know, the crisis in Ukraine and Russia and the countries involved. It affects families. It destroys lives and properties and so many things and even within here in the philippines recently you know we we have had several calamities you know a strong storm hit the northern part of the philippines and then just a few nights ago there was this fire happening in mandawi and the question now among people is this is there hope is there hope for peace is there hope for for life to become better again like people are always hoping like for example every week every monday evening people are hoping my entire night roll back tomorrow 
We're hoping that, you know, one day it will go back to that time we're in and gasoline is 35, ang diesel 28. See? Wish ko lang. <laughs> we hope for those times to come back, right? But we still manage. We still manage to move on because we are hanging not on something that the world can provide, but we're hanging on the hope that God will provide us a better life, all right? Now, in Job 11, 17 to 18, the Bible says, Life will be brighter than noonday, and darkness will become like morning. You will be secure because there is hope. Now, I want you to tell the person next to you, tell that person, there is hope. Right? I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what kind of problem, what kind of a crisis you are in. Whether it's about your finances, it's about your marriage, it's about your health. What I do know is that if you trust God, there is hope. Amen? That's, that's the most important thing. In fact, I remember, you know, doctors saying, we have a doctor here, Doctor saying that as long as the patient, as long as the sick person has that glimpse of hope, there's always a chance. See? It's that hope that helps you to move on. But the, the good thing about us Christians is that our hope is not just based on what the doctors can promise or what the medicine can do. Our hope is based on the most powerful entity in the world, God. Amen? And what I want to share this, this afternoon is about biblical hope, not the secular hope, not the hope that the world is, is aiming, but what is this biblical hope that the prophets have been telling, right? This is the first message of Advent. In a world that was so dark, in a world that was filled with problems and miseries, God's message to His people is hope. And the same message is given to us today, even 2,000 years after Christ arrived. It's hope. But I want us to go back, you know, some 800 years before the birth of Christ. All right? So let's go back to the Old Testament, particularly in Isaiah. Okay, so I want you to open your Bibles now to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter... Nine. Most often during Christmas season, we take the book of Isaiah. Isaiah has, has inspired so many songs composed around, you know, the, 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 the Advent season. So I want you to go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. The book of Isaiah was written, okay, to inspire people who are depressed people who are going through very tough times, okay? The history of Israel is that God has chosen them to be God's, you know, special people, right? Of all the nations in the world, they were the least to be chosen by God, but God chose them, all right? So God provided them a land of their own. God was walking with them. If you remember, from, from Egypt, God was with them, through the cloud and through the pillar of fire. 
God placed them in a very fertile ground. But you know what happened to God's people? They rebelled. They have forgotten their God. And God has been sending messengers, prophets to remind them, change your ways, repent from your life, otherwise calamity will strike you. They did not listen. And so what happened, the northern part of Israel, remember after Solomon, after Solomon, the kingdom divided, the northern part of Israel, you know, some 800 years before Christ, the Assyrians came. The Assyrians, they were the most powerful empire at that time. Their capital was Nineveh. They came, destroyed the northern kingdom, literally burned the cities that for weeks and months, there was just darkness all over Israel. They could not see the sun. And there was darkness outside and inside their lives. They were in distress. And then God gave them this hope, all right? First thing we need to understand about hope is that hope is a promise. Hope is a promise. God gave a promise in the midst of their, you know, darkness, in the midst of their miseries. God spoke, you know, and gave a promise. Notice verse 1. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. What is this land of Zebulun and Naphtali? These are the two tribes in the northern part of Israel. Right? They were humbled. Why? Because the Assyrians destroyed them, flattened them, ground zero. But God made a promise. There will be no more gloom. Right? Look at verse 2. But in the future, He will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. God made a promise that yes, now you are going through this gloom, this misery, this problematic situation, you are hopeless right now, but God promised in the future, if you can wait, if you put your faith in me, I will honor you. And you know what happened, brethren? 800 years later, guess where Jesus did almost all his miracles? Who experienced the greatest miracles of all time during the time of Christ? The Galileans. Right? Most of the ministers of Christ, healing of the blind, feeding of 5,000, they all happened on the cities around Galilee. All right? So what happened in the Gospels? Those miracles that we read about in the Gospels, that is a fulfillment of this promise. See? That God is going to honor them. Now, in verse 2, it says, the people walking in darkness have, what? Seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now, how many of you have experienced life as if it's total darkness? It's like there's no more future for you. All right? It's like when you look at your future, ingon pasla nga ngit ngit pas alkitran. Please do the translation for me. Okay? It's, it's so bleak, it's so dark that people are, you know, some people are simply quitting. Quitting to even hope. But you know the message of God. 
People walking in darkness have seen. Notice the, the, the tense of the verb there. It's a special tense that some theologians call it uh, propheticum perfectum. Mura man Harry Potter, pastor. Perfectum propheticum. <laughs> okay, what is that? It's a prophet. It's like that term is used for special verses of the Bible that it's a prophecy. It's something future, but the way the prophet is writing it, it's as if it has happened already. That's why people, this is what Isaiah saw. People walking in darkness have seen a great light. So when Isaiah saw it, he was 100% sure that while people are walking in darkness, there's this great light that will come. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Friends, when you have Jesus Christ in your life, Christ will, will vanquish darkness in your life. That makes a difference. Christians can also suffer. Christians can also experience miseries. Christians can experience even the worst kinds of miseries. But why is it that Christians can hold on and continue and persevere? Why? Because we have this propheticum perfectum. We have this hope that God who promised is able to accomplish what He said. Amen? The difference when God makes a promise, He is able. We make promises, right? But most of the time, we break our promises. But not so with God. Because God is so powerful, God is so rich, and God is able to do what He says He will do. That's hope. When you are hoping for better things to come because you trust in the Lord, your hope is not based on some economics. It's not based on what the banks will say. It's not based on what the government will say. It's based on what God promised in His Word. Amen? So can we stand secure trusting in the Word of God? Amen? Amen. Now, second thing about hope. Hope is a person. When God promised light to come, he's not talking, the prophets is not, the prophet is not talking about some utopia, right? Some, some situations. He's talking about the person. Notice verse 6, all right? And this is the famous verse, for unto us a child is born, unto us a child is given, and he will be called what? Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What is this? This is the hope that Isaiah is talking about. He is not talking about, you know, the economy of the nation will become better. He's not talking about wars will cease. No, he's talking about the person. Okay? The secret to an abundant life, the secret to a life of happiness and joy, it's not that when economy becomes better, it's not when, when the gasoline prices will roll back a hundredfold. It's when we realize that hope is really in a person. He has a name, and his name is Jesus. And this Jesus that the prophets were looking forward to, that's the whole thing about Advent. See? 
Advent is, is a preparation for the coming of Christ. And yet Christ came. And Christ is coming again. Amen? So, so as we celebrate Advent, we are in between seasons. What do you mean by that, Pastor? We are in between. So our reflection is we, we look back to the Old Testament where they, they are hoping for the, the Messiah to come, but He already came. Now, we are also looking forward to His coming again. All right? And all this hope that we are talking can be found in a person. Amen? When you have hope in Christ, you will experience what He offers. Now, what are some of the things that this person hope is offering? He's a wonderful counselor. Don't you need some counseling these days? See? The word counselor there simply means someone who stands beside you. Okay? Someone who is there beside you when you are sad, when you feel you're lost, he's there. That's what a counselor does. And then the Bible says, he's a mighty God. Mighty God. See? Sometimes you think you're, you are incapable of doing things in your life that you find yourself, you know, you have no strength to go on. Have you come to that point? That it's almost, you're almost at the tip of, of the line and you're about to quit. Listen, our hope is that God is a mighty God. He is powerful. Everlasting Father. I'm a father. Some of you are fathers here. How far can you become a father? Well, my fatherly care is not limited. It's rather, I'm limited. But God's fatherhood is what? Eternal. You see? Eternal. You have eternal problem? No problem. Because we have an eternal God. You see? His, his fatherly care for you and for me never ends. That's why He's called Eternal Father. And the next title, Prince of Peace. Of all the things that people are suffering today, one of the worst is when you don't find peace in your heart, in your mind. It's so expensive, by the way. <laughs> it's so expensive to find peace these days. Some people, for them to experience peace, they have to book themselves in Boracay to experience peace, right? Right? You love that? You know, there's peace. You know, the white sand, you know, the beach, and there's peace. You go there. Wow, I've experienced peace for three days. Then you go back to reality and you will have to pay for those three days and you will have restless year to pay. That's how expensive, right? Well, I've experienced that, right? Experience a vacation of a lifetime, one year to pay. <laughs> well, that's just being a normal Filipino, right? What afford cash. <laughs> That's a problem. There's no, there's no sense of peace in the world today. It seems that every time you experience joy, there's always a cost. Right? But friends, let me tell you, Jesus Christ, what Jesus can bring to you, the world cannot give. You see, when you have the peace that comes from Christ, it's the peace that transcends all understanding. 
it will guard your heart and your mind. Yes, problems will still be there. Debts will still be there. Dili manapasabot nga, you know, when I have Jesus Christ, all my debts are paid. The only thing paid by Jesus are my sins. All the rest, pay for it. Right? He paid all my debts, my sins. But the debts I'm making, I still have to pay for it. But here's the good news. When you put your hope in Christ Jesus, our Lord, He gives you the strength to move on. Amen? He gives you the peace that you need so that you can still go on with life and even struggle without the sense of quitting. Because you know there is hope. Amen? Whether it's your finances, it's your marriage, there is hope. Again, tell the person next to you, there is hope. There is hope. Right? As long as a person is able to put his or her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is hope. And then let's go to the third. Okay? Hope is a present. Remember, hope is a promise. God makes a promise. Hope is a person. And hope is a present. Now, when you say present, what do you mean by present? Okay, one meaning of present is that, for example, I would say, Daniel, where are you? Present. Okay. The other meaning of present is this. Daniel, you were handing me a piece of paper a while ago. What's that? A present. Both meanings are used here. Hope is a present. It's a gift. All right? You don't earn for it. You don't work for it. It's a gift. Notice verse 6 again. For unto us a child is born. That child is a person. His name is Jesus. He's the hope that Isaiah is talking about. But then look at the next verse. Unto us a child is given. You see? John 3.16, the most famous verse in the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave. Friends, you don't have to buy hope. It's a gift. When you trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it's a gift that you receive. But then you need to do something with this gift. It has to be part of you. Why? Because hope is not some future thing that you're waiting for. Hope must become a present reality now. You don't wish for hope to come. It's there. It's a present reality. And the moment you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have hope. And that hope is necessary. Why? Because people outside, people outside, they are hopeless. When you have Christ inside your life, when He becomes a present reality in your life, you have hope. And that's why Paul says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is, and here's the most glorious of all the mysteries in the Bible, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Friends, Christ's hope must become a present reality. Okay? You don't wait for it. You don't wish for it. 
it needs to be a now thing. Amen? Jesus has to be a now thing in your life. Because if Jesus is present in my life, in your life, I tell you, no matter how hard life can be, listen, no matter how difficult life can be, you will always have hope. Because Christ in you, it says there, the hope of glory. You know what hope can bring you? Glory. And we've never experienced glory yet. See? The momentary victories, the momentary celebrations that we have, these are nothing compared to the greatest glory that we are all about to experience in Christ. Just see what God can bring in your life when you continue to hope in Him. Amen? And this hope needs not just to be ours. We need to share this hope. And that's why we're all here. See? Because we come here to feast on the Word of God, to satisfy ourselves, and now we are, we are feasting on this hope that Christ brings. What are we supposed to do? Well, eat as much as you can. Enjoy as much as you can because what Christ is offering us is for free. But then, the reason why we need to feast over this Word of God so that when we go out, we become channels of hope. Amen? You bring hope to your friends. Maybe, perhaps you have, you have a friend, you have a neighbor, you have an office mate, you know, who is hopeless these days. Be that beacon of hope to them. Because that's what Advent is all about. We receiving the hope, but then we pass on that hope to others. Because that's the greatest thing that can happen to a person. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to listen to your word, the opportunity, Lord, to savor the wonder, to savor this great gift that you have given us. Year after year, we celebrate Advent. It never ceases to amaze us how you have offered us hope in a very hopeless and gloomy situation. Oh God, thank you so much that we are the most privileged people because we have hope in you. Lord, may we pass on this hope to somebody else. May we pass on this hope to a family member, to a spouse, to a brother, to a sister, to a friend. Let them see Christ changing our lives because of the hope that we have. And if there is someone here tonight, you are here, you've been invited, or you've been here for many Sundays, but then right now, you felt that you really need this hope for your life situation. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? and ask for that hope, believing that, that what God has promised, He will fulfill. Allow your faith to raise you to that level 
hope in the Lord. Hope for your family. Hope for your business. Hope for your marriage. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't stop believing. Keep on trusting. What you need is Jesus. Jesus ought to be your hope. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming. We thank you for this Advent season. We thank you that you came to bring us hope. We need you every moment of our lives, Lord Jesus. Have your way tonight as we begin with our Christmas service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.